This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Daily right here on the Beck UL Network. Joe O, Joe G with you on a Wednesday. Of course, presented by BetMGM. Lots to get into here. Sam, Pan- Sam Panianovich next hour. We'll talk some college football, some NFL. We will get to Survivor for Week 10. And, of course, uh, look ahead here, NFL stat leaders and uh, maybe some baseball stuff with the offseason opening up. But right now, let's go back to the guest line here and talk some NFL as we head towards Week 10 of the season. Interesting with the awards market shaking out and and these lines for Week 10 moving here. Joining us on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line is Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to their best. The bedroom visit GetMyPhoenix.com. To learn more, Ben, let's start with the injury to Josh Allen. Now, we're not exactly sure how severe. Ian Rapport this morning did say elbow sprain, UCL issue, maybe some rest treatment. Not sure if he's going to play this week. Ben, this strikes me as the kind of injury a pitcher has in baseball, where they try to calm it down and hope for the best, but we don't know. Um, let's just start with the small picture first. For this week, as the line moves down, would you jump on the Vikings side if we could get Case Keenum, Vikings plus the five? What's your thought this week and how much Allen is worth to the points, Bert, if he doesn't play? Yeah, I mean, I think especially for them offensively, given how much he offers with the running game, it's a it's a pretty big drop-off for Case Keenum, who is a guy who has won, you know, some playoff ge- games at the NFL level at certain points of his career, but uh, it is very much, you know, uh, one of the bigger downgrades, I would say, from a starting quarterback to a backup quarterback, just given, you know, the offensive output that Josh Allen provides for the Buffalo Bills. So I wouldn't expect to, you know, see us, uh, you know, I, I would probably see us finishing right around, like, Minus two and a half, minus two for the Buffalo Bills uh, if Josh Allen is indeed out, which is, you know, a pretty dramatic swing from an eight and a half, nine point differential, which is where we were kind of at on the look headline. So going through three, uh, you know, is definitely pretty, uh, a pretty drastic move. And I think that, you know, if we get down to that level, I'll actually probably be buying uh, the Bills at that point in time. I do think that, you know, the Vikings, for all the things that they are, uh, might still struggle a little bit, both defensively and offensively against the Buffalo Bills team that uh, I still think has, you know, enough horses, I would say, uh, especially along the front four uh, in the pass rush situation to probably get home against Kirk Cousins. So uh, it's a tough spot, I think, if you missed out on the 7.5-7. I would probably wait to see kind of more of the injury news fleshed out before locking in. Uh, either side of this bet from my perspective. Well, the rule is that the Vikings, when, when they play games, they're going to play in one-score games, and they're going to win every one-score game, the opposite right. of what we saw a, a year ago. Uh, we we don't want to do too much with individual defensive players, but cluster injuries are impactful. All, all sports bettors are aware of that. And then we saw the Bills this past weekend. Even though they didn't give up a ton of points, you did lose a game to Zach Wilson with a dominant defense. And Milano not out there. Trey White still not back. Missing both of your starting safeties at this point. How much uh, do all have all of these um, defensive injuries contributed to some of the Bills' issues? Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I, I honestly don't think it can be understated right now. I think the the loss of Micah Hyde specifically was pretty dramatic to this defense, and then the fact that they don't have Jordan Poyer either. Uh, it has been, you know, a pretty big impact. And then they got, you know, 
first, second, and third year guys that, you know, very much untested. I think some of them, you know, like Kair Elam specifically can kind of morph into a pretty legitimate cornerback at the NFL level, but uh, I don't think he's there right now. So they are very much, you know, stacking injury upon injury, you know, in their secondary. And then kind of like you said, Milano specifically, pretty good coverage linebacker as well. And that, you know, opens things up, you know, for the flats, it opens things all up kind of underneath. And especially if you don't have the guys in the back end that can kind of cover some of those, you know, injury situations that you have along the front seven, it, it makes for a ton of, you know, pretty bad situations. So uh, I think each one of them, like you said, probably not worth, you know, a whole lot to the spread. I do think guys like, you know, Mike Hyde and Jordan Poyer probably should be worth right around like a half a point, even like 0.75 points, you know, against the spread, just based on the drop off for what they're experiencing. But when you put it all together, you know, you're looking at, uh, you know, a two and a half, a three point move, maybe, you know, in some situations. And, the, you know, that's got to be where, uh, you know, you're, you, you kind of get bullish on the Vikings this weekend uh, and maybe, you know, aren't as really high on the Buffalo Bills going forward until, you know, some of these injury situations start to kind of get vetted out. Ben, I can't believe we're watching the Las Vegas Raiders as six-and-a-half-point favorites over anyone in the NFL right now. But the Colts are that bad on offense, and Jeff Saturday is literally their head coach on Sunday. What was your reaction to what Jim Irsay did? And I know it's uncharted waters, but, like, they have the least qualified head coach in the history of the NFL. Like, I, I, how do you handle handicapping them moving forward now? Let, yeah, and I let, think they also have – Ben, I, I just wanted to add to that. You were probably going to go there. But I, I don't want to do another follow-up. I want to move on after this. Parks Frazier. Ben, right. you are more qualified. You should be calling plays this weekend for the Indianapolis Colts. Quality control two years ago, Parks Frazier is going to be calling plays in a National Football League this game this weekend. Uh, but, but also on the other side, it's like the Raiders, they, they get shut out, and then they blow another 17-point lead. It's like, right. what, what, what do we do here? It's a comedy of errors, and I honestly don't blame anybody if you completely avoid this game. I have not been very good about avoiding the Colts, I would say, for the last three weeks. I think I recommended them, you know, covering last week. Didn't get anywhere close to it. So even though, like, some of my models and things like the Colts, we are very much, you know, dealing with, I would say, uncertain times, right? Like you like you touched on, the Parker, Parker situation, obviously, with him calling plays is – is it could easily turn catastrophic in a number of ways, right? And I don't think the Raiders' defense is all that great, but they definitely have you know some playmakers at key positions, specifically Max Crosby, and if and 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 with a young quarterback like Sam Ellinger who hasn't shown a lot outside of rushing ability, you know, at the NFL level, like there is literal disaster, I would say, kind of writing on the wall for, for the Colts. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's definitely a step back, I would say, from Jim Ursay's perspective. You know, I, I, I personally thought that Frank Reich, you know, especially at the early point and early stages of his career at Indianapolis was pretty sound from an analytics perspective. And they were a team that was actually uh, you know, pretty good in like scripted offensive plays. And that's kind of carried forward. You know, they were kind of top of the league last year in 2021 in scripted offensive plays, both rushing and passing the football. They've kind of held on to, you know, that not, not the top ranking, but they are still at least like a top 10 unit from an offensive perspective on those scripted pass plays was kind of the one spot where they were actually still okay offensively. And that's a spot that you cannot buy into whatsoever with the coaching change, right? And I think that it's, you know, very concerning. Uh, I'm expecting, a, you know, a much worse performance from the Colts overall, but especially offensively. Maybe there's a reason why you think, you know, a change can kind of spark or light a fire under certain guys. But uh, I think that's kind of grasping at straws in this situation. So even though the Raiders are really bad and the numbers moved, 
really heavily in their direction. Uh, it's very much the only side that I would feel comfortable telling anybody to play at this point in time. We're, we're all going to sound really stupid if they somehow <laughs> win this game. I don't know if it's possible, but if they somehow win this game, uh, they're going to be laughing at us. All right, there's been a lot of laughing in Chicago because uh, our friends up north Green Bay, we have a healthy Aaron Rodgers, and, and he's a five-and-a-half-point underdog at Lambeau Field to Dallas coming off the bye, and here's Mike McCarthy looking for a little bit of sweet revenge. How do you handicap Packers-Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, thankfully, I, I have a little bit on the look headline with Dallas just thinking that the, the Green Bay Packers are a team that I've been very actively trying to fade over you know, the second half of the season. I didn't think they were going to be able to put it together whatsoever. They haven't really shown uh, you know, that ability, I would say, especially offensively. I think you know, the, the David Bacchiardi injury is maybe the most perplexing situation that I've tried to like sort through uh, from an injury perspective in like the last five years. But he sat out, you know, last week's second half after kind of being targeted on, you know, an end zone target, an opportunity to score a touchdown. So I'm not quite sure what they're trying to do offensively, but with him out of the mix and if he's not actually playing, I don't I don't know if he's going to end up on the injury report or not. Like, they are pretty poor against the pass rush, right? And when you're looking at facing off against a guy like Micah Parsons, who has been, you know, the most disruptive pass rusher in the NFL, uh, it, it could be doom once again for the the Packers offense, especially if their wide receivers aren't kind of winning underneath on some quick routes, which they have not been able and not shown the ability to do, I would say, yet this season. So the fact that the Packers injury situation on defense is kind of stacking up, no Rashawn Gary either, who was kind of one of their only real bright spots. Uh, Eric Stokes was a young cornerback who was at least maybe kind of morphing into a guy that can be, uh, you know, effective, I would say, uh, at the cornerback position at the NFL level. Like those guys, uh, you know, I don't think Stokes is going to be playing. I think he's questionable. Gary is very much out in this one. Like it's it's bad. I think this is kind of going to be uh, maybe a little bit of a showcase game for Dallas in the spot where you know maybe people start to mention them as being uh, you know that that tier below Philadelphia and very much possibly challenging them uh, in the NFC when it's all said and done. And let's talk about tomorrow night's game, Thursday night football. We have the Falcons and the Panthers. It's sitting at three right now. Falcons is the road favorite. Bet MGM. We just watched this matchup a couple weeks ago. The crazy throw by PJ Walker. And then he goes out there and plays terrible, and then they say they're going to play him again. I never know who the Panthers are actually going to play at quarterback. Um, Falcons, though, it's been certainly a solid season, and they're in the mix. But that was disappointing last week. They couldn't find a way to win that game. Short week. Which side do you like this week, Falcons or the Panthers? Division game, three points right now. Falcons is the favorite. Yeah, I still think I'm going to go with the team that I think is much better offensively. And I know, you know, maybe it isn't sustainable in the way that which Atlanta's been so good, especially on the ground. But, you know, Patterson's back in the mix. I think he is still very much a dynamic playmaker, both, you know, in the rushing game and the receiving game. Marcus Mariota, I like what he's been able to do at quarterback. And, you know, the, the, the Carolina Panthers, I think, are still a team in disarray. You might get, you know, one or two, you know, popping performances in, in a random week or something like that. But definitely not a team I want to buy into long term. So uh, I think, you know, if we're still sitting at this field goal differential, uh, I think it's Atlanta is kind of the correct spot. I'm, I'm obviously their matchup against, you know, the, the, the Panthers defense is kind of going to be the spot that impacts this game. But I don't see, uh, you know, the, the Carolina Panthers being all that effective moving the football either. So on a short week, I, I, I think I'm finally switching my tune a little bit. And I think I'm going to go uh, under 43 and a half in this particular matchup here. So I like the Falcons. I like the under. Uh, I'm liking another pretty ugly game here in primetime football. 
As, as we're going over all these matchups, I, I'm realizing a week ago we sat here and complained that a lot of the games stink. I think there are a lot of fascinating storylines in a number of these games. And, and another one is uh, we get a Sunday morning game over in Germany. And the line has gone up in favor of Tampa Bay after finally completing a comeback and winning a game against uh, the L.A. Rams, one of the worst offenses in the league. And, and you have a team in the Seahawks that people are getting behind, but the smart money seems to be on the Bucks side, maybe matchup-related. Ben, you could explain. Uh, are you doing anything with the Germany game? Yeah, I, I I have kind of been preaching all week that I am, you know, I would say officially on the bandwagon of the Seattle Seahawks. I think Geno Smith is playing uh, mm -hmm. some of the best football from the quarterback position that we've seen uh, this year, top five from a PFF passing grade. And we, you know, even though the Buccaneers, you know, kind of squeezed out a victory uh, last week against the Rams, still very much, I would say, haven't shown like the, the, the top end ability that we were kind of projecting for them this season. So uh, I do think that, you know, the injury situation in their secondary, once again, you know, with Antoine Winfield uh, dealing with the concussion protocol, those sorts of things. I think he's kind of, in some ways, the glue to uh, what they want to do from a defensive coverage perspective. And without him in the fold, uh, I think we could see, you know, a few broken plays with Tyler Lockett getting over the top or DK Metcalf, you know, and, and some yards after the catch ability. And I think if, you know, the Seahawks break one or two big plays, we just haven't seen enough from uh, a Buccaneers offense that I think that they're going to actually be able to keep pace. So even though it's moved, you know, uh, you know, against me a little bit here. And, you know, I, I do think that uh, I very much the public side kind of based on, you know, how you evaluate these teams from a team, you know, from a power rankings perspective, whether you want to take, you know, a heavy emphasis on what they've done this year versus, you know, where we kind of projected them to be and, and being maybe a little bit more of a slow moving indicator on their power rankings from the Buccaneers side. I think I think it's kind of Seattle or Buster in this particular matchup. So I like Geno Smith. Uh, I like them to hit a few shots deep, and I like them to probably be ahead early and then kind of salting the game away with kind of Kenneth Walker. So uh, we'll see if the Buccaneers uh, can have another uh, you know dramatic comeback victory. But I think that's going to be you know probably the only way that they end up winning this game. And if and if the number moves out even further to minus three, uh, just not a spot that I'd want to be playing uh, the Buccaneers at that key number. I would say. Ben, it feels like the MVP race for the whole season has been three players. Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. Now, Allen's banged up. Lamar Jackson's kind of been that fourth guy. And we've been looking, at least we have on the show, is there a fifth, right? Is there someone that could come out of left field and put themselves in the mix? And we have about 30 seconds left. Is, does Tua belong in the MVP conversation with the way he's playing <laughs> right now in this Miami offense? I, I just think he has too many other weapons around him to the point where it's going to be, you know, Mike McDaniel, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. They're going to get too much of the credit to where he's not actually going to be a legitimate contender. But I do still think they have, you know, I would say one of, if not the best passing offense in football right now. And I think that that speaks to, you know, all of their ability. But uh, we'll see where the, uh, where the you know, awards makers kind of assign, you know, his share of the responsibility. But I don't think it's going to be enough at the end of the season to actually get up into that conversation. Great stuff. Always enjoy having Ben Brown for Pro Football Focus on the show on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Coming up, we'll dive into Survivor for Week 10 in the NFL and an explanation. Joe needs an explanation of something that's going on in Philadelphia. I'll try to provide it. I don't know what it is, but I'll try to provide it next right here on the Beck You All Network.